Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering Joshua 3, 4, Psalms 98, and Acts 9. Let's see, what is going on? So we're still at the beginning of Joshua. Joshua is about to take the people, the Israelites, which is the second generation, because the first generation that left Egypt, they all died in the desert. So you have this new generation of people that are about to enter into the promised land. And Joshua is going to be the one escorting them in. So God talks to Joshua and he says, prepare everyone for battle. So sure enough, Joshua told the people to prepare yourself, consecrate yourself. And Joshua said to the priest, oh, take up the ark of the covenant and pass it on ahead of the people. So what's the Ark of the Covenant? It is, um, remember it had the Ten Commandments in it. It had um, Aaron's staff. Remember when it, when God caused the staff to grow like greenery on it? And it also has the, um, what else does it have? Let's see, doo, 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 doo. does it say anywhere? Um, da, da, da. Oh, the Ten Commandments, along with the jar of manna as a reminder. Okay, so what it is, it symbolizes the presence of God. So the priests are carrying it, and he says, when the priests get to the Jordan, the Jordan is going to, the water is going to separate, just like it did at the Red Sea. And then when you see that happen, then it's time to cross. Sure enough, that's what happened. The priests touched the, the edge of the water, and the water separated. So they walked the Ark of the Covenant into the middle of the Jordan, and they waited there. They they stayed there so that the army people were able to walk by. And Aaron, um, Joshua also told them, he told 12 people, which were one person from each tribe, to pick up a stone from the middle of the Jordan, carry it across, and put it in a special place so that it's a remembrance how God brought him across the Jordan River. Because God cares about these symbols. And the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle. Okay, covered that. And that, my friends, is all of chapter 3 of the, of Joshua. Chapter 4 is, oh, that's where it talks about the stones. And then moving down to verse 14, the day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all, the is, of all of Israel. And they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. So that was a very important thing so that the people could actually believe in Joshua and be able to follow him as a, as a representative of God. Yes. Okay. Moving on to Psalms 98. I'm going to go ahead and sing it. I mean, sing it. Well, it starts with singing. So I think it is a song actually, um, but I'm going to read it. And, uh, so here we go. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. By the way, the right hand, it symbolizes, because you're going to hear this a lot, uh, that Jesus is the right hand of the Father, or the right hand. So what are they meaning? That means strength, power, love, honor, authority. That's what that represents. So, uh, the Lord was made... The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With the trumpet and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it. 
the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap for their, their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. So it is such a beautiful song of um, praise and how the earth will praise the Lord. So cool. Um, okay, so here we are at Acts 9. So much activity is going on in Acts. Remember, the, the church is developing. Now, it's not like called Christianity. It is g- like groups of people that are um, listening to Peter and John and all the disciples speak about salvation through Jesus, talking about the kingdom um, and how Jesus is the Messiah. So they're gathering. And then they start doing community together. So remember that? So they're forming a church. In, and then, and then um, after Stephen's death, everybody kind of got worried. So now they're scattering. The disciples are scattering and doing ministry in different places, going from house to house. So different style of churches, right? Which are basically groups of people. Um, I'm just making reference because oftentimes people say the church as if it is the building or the organization or the religion or the rules or the traditions or the ceremony. But here we're showing that the church was the people, the people that gathered together, the like-minded people to learn about Jesus as the Messiah. Saul the bad guy that he is, is now really intent. He's just definitely on a mission to get rid of these Jesus people. So he goes to the synagogue, to the high priest, and he says, give me some letters like permission to to arrest anybody who belongs to the way. And the way is capitalized. Isn't it's the first, I don't remember reading this before. So it says, anybody who belonged to, to the way. And so I was like, what is the way? And it says, this was an early name for Christianity. Elsewhere, the Christian faith is described as the way of God, the way of the Lord, the way to be saved, the way of truth, and the way of righteousness. Jesus himself could be described as the way. <laughs> the way was an abbreviated phrase that brought to mind all these themes. Very cool. So, so sure enough, um, Saul is on his way to just obliterate these Jesus followers on his way to Damascus. And then there was a sudden light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a loud voice. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you persecuted, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what to do next. So the men that were with him actually heard it, and they were speechless. They took him to Damascus, exactly. And oh, by the way, when he, so he fell to the ground when he heard this. When he got up, he was blind. He could not see. So the men had to take him. And for three days, he was blind. In the meantime, the Lord appears speaks to Ananias. Um, and he says, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and <laughs> Straight Street. That's funny. And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying in the vision. He has seen a man named Ananias. So, so God's giving, uh, Saul, the vision of Ananias coming and God, and God is telling Ananias to go 
pray for this person. But Ananias is like, ah, hello, I know about this Saul guy. He, doesn't he persecute the Christians? And he actually was responsible for killing Stephen, who is a disciple. I don't think so. But God said, go. (laughs) But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias did just that. He appeared before Saul, he touched his shoulder, and he said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Saul got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. After that, he went on a... Pr- so he re- he ate, got strong, stayed with the... Dis- oh, and he just... He went on a preaching rampage telling everybody about jesus and it says interesting here it says yet so verse 22 saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the jews living in damascus by proving that jesus is the messiah so yes they were baffled by what he was saying and that that it was saul like are you kidding me this guy was so against these jesus people and now he's proving that jesus is the messiah course they were baffled so finally um he found out that the jews wanted to kill him but he kept on preaching kept on preaching and so finally they had to sneak him out um and then he went to jerusalem well of course he wanted to go hang out with the jew with the disciples but they said no way when he got to jerusalem no way Saul, are you kidding? It's probably a trap. So Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. (laughs) Okay, so then after this, the church, so now we're talking about the church, lowercase c in the church, and it's talking about the people. So the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. It, meaning the church, it, the people. Not the number of buildings or the organized religion. No, the people increased in numbers. To the bottom of chapter 9, this is when Peter comes back on the scene. What's Peter doing? Because remember, everyone kind of scattered and went their own way. So we talked about Saul. We talked about Philip. What's Peter doing? So Peter is on his way to L-Y-D-D-A, Lydda. And he's healing people as he's going along. And he's in Joppa. Um, there was a disciple named Tabitha. A disciple, a woman, she was always doing good and helping people. Um, what happened? About this time, oh, she became sick and died. Oh my gosh. And she died and they went through the whole ceremony. And then they, they said, Peter, you should come and pray for her. She was already dead. Sure enough, he went up to the room where she was and they were crying over Tabitha. And he said, you guys need to leave the room. And he prayed over her and he said, Tabitha, get up. 
so she opened her eyes seeing peter and he took her downstairs um or he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet and then he called for the believers especially the widows and presented her to them alive so peter is on his journey and it's worth looking at the map of what where was peter where did he go and then as opposed to where was saul where did he go very interesting totally different places um but it's worth tracking so there you go that was joshua 3 4 psalms 98 and acts 9 i hope you're having a good time having fun discovering because there's like a lot of energy can, can you feel the momentum that the 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 revival in the old testament as well as the new testament so we're having a revival which is in acts the holy spirit is on the scene the the belief in Jesus and salvation is spreading across the land in different avenues. And then in the Old Testament, God is showing up in a powerful, mighty way to bring the people into the promised land. Like so many awesome things. And then and then we read Psalms, which was such a grand celebration of God's goodness and awesomeness. So that was my very quick summary of what we just read. Hope you enjoyed that one and keep on reading. Keep on reading the Bible. Let it feed your soul because you never know what kind of discoveries and mysteries you're going to find in the Bible. Have a great day, everyone.